This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Morena, no mai kiti korero. Welcome to the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo Irarangi Onatangata O Manawatu. It is a Tuesday morning, and that means we turn our attention to the institution on the hill at Massa University, in particular today, the School of Veterinary Science. Uh, and in the studio this morning, we have Pauline Nijman. So close. Uh, Nyman. It's Nyman. a Dutch name, and the IJ is pronounced as a Y. I don't know if anyone else has uh, encountered this on or, or seen it in the catch up but a lot of people have Dutch surnames up at Massey. I know right those guys overpopulated the planet. Yeah I, yeah. well, well <laughs> it, it must be the attraction of the windmill at Foxton just the <laughs> proximity of the windmill it draws them must in. Must be but mm. yeah there's a lot of Dutch over this way. So Nyman we'll, Nyman, we'll, we'll try you. and commit that to memory and Go I'll probably mispronounce it at least once That's more. That's right I mean it's not the worst iteration I've heard so far. <laughs> now um, you're at the, the School of Veterinary Science at the moment you're in the Companion Animal Hospital your practice manager there. Um, that's a fairly new appointment, I understand. Yeah, so I took on that role in November of last year and, uh, yeah, straight out of the pan and into the fire. <laughs> well, well, let's go back a bit because your background is in marine and seabird zookeeping. Yeah. That's so quite niche. That's quite far back too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so as a, so I grew up in Napier and Napier all about the, the sun and mm. the surf and wildlife as well. Um, and so I worked at Marineland, which no longer exists, but I worked there from um, 1996. So I was only 13 years old. Wow. And um, volunteered there throughout my high school career and, and did casual work and stuff for them. And just, you know, they were my family. And, um, and when I left high school, I didn't really have a clear path for university. I knew I'd end up there one day. Yep. Didn't quite think of it in this fashion. <laughs> um, and so I stayed on at, um, at Marineland for another seven years and um, learnt lots, did lots, uh, MacGyvered up all sorts of things, which now when you talk to younger children, they have no idea who MacGyver is, so <laughs> they'll never understand having a paperclip and a chewing gum and being able to make something magnificent. But well, Kiwis relate to that, the number eight wire mentality yeah, 100%, as well. 100%. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so so um, you, you were there, so that's kind of like learning science on the job, which most people wouldn't normally think that's the way you should do it, but it yeah. seems to have worked out. It was worked out for me very well. I mean, I'm always a little, I, I apparently have done this a little backwards, but that's okay. So... Um, yeah, I learned so much on the job. A lot of it was around customer service. A lot of mm-hmm. it was around how to MacGyver things to make things go, yep. show presentations, behind-the-scenes tours. We did swim with the dolphins. We're training the seals and the sea lions and looking after the birds and stuff as well. Um, and Napier has all this wildlife, and that before Marineland, there wasn't really any place for it to go. So mm. when Marineland was there, it was the natural conclusion that if you find an injured penguin or seal, you take it to Marineland. So we right. did lots of rehab and stuff as well. So cool. It was cool. It was yeah, cool. it sounds it. Um, so how did you get into – is that what you describe as the zookeeping part, or how yeah. did you get – so that, that, that was the basis. Yeah. So when did the university stuff start to encroach? So um, one of my long-term friends and mentors who was also up at the university um, had been trying to get me into Wild Base for quite some time ever since she left Marineland. Um, and as it were, I met my uh, partner, now husband, um, 
at Marine Land and I skipped a country with him and went and hung out in the Netherlands for a little while. Um, and when I came back, um, I locumed at Wild Base here in Palmy. And um, I didn't know a huge amount about it, um, but they needed someone who could walk in and just wrangle some stuff, and um, and I was able to do that. Um, and then they created a job for me after a couple of months. And wow. 12 years later, I've only just moved moved on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but well, I loved it. Well, and, and this is – and people people are probably going to think I'm stupid, but I think some people will be on <laughs> the same page as me. When I saw that you became the wildlife technician at Wild Base in 2009, I went – that only opened in 2019. <laughs> and I think this is the public yeah. perception, but yeah, that's absolutely. just one arm. Wildbase is this huge thing. Huge, yeah. It's actually got five different facets, and it wasn't quite that organised at the start. I mean, it was the New Zealand Wildlife Health Centre of New Zealand. I yep. mean, you try answering the phone saying that. <laughs> and the, um, but after we did the oil spill in 2011, um, when the arena ran aground, um, after that we went through a rebranding process and, and became Wildbase. And then we had a bit more of an organised facets, I guess, if you will. But research is the biggest aspect of, of Wildbase. The hospital's been there since 2001. Um, and then there's the pathology and... Um, there's rehab, there's recovery, there's there's a, the whole, ma- whole so, ma- so many uh, facets bunch. to it. Yeah. But you were involved uh, in the, the the bit at the Esplanade in, 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 yes. in developing like educational yes. resources and yeah, stuff. And yeah. that sounds like in your bio quite a passion, oh, being yeah. able to yeah, yeah. Perv- get information across to people. Absolutely. I mean, I love um, – so when I was with Wildbase Hospital, I created a school program back in 2010. And it was because these, um, these kids brought this injured Kiwi across – um, from the Taranaki, and they um, sold cupcakes and raised three hundred dollars to go towards the Kiwis care. No. And I just thought that was fantastic, you know, because not only did they raise funds, but they were super invested in this Kiwi story. Mm-hmm. And that was something like that I just clicked straight onto and was like, we should do this. Yes, we should do this all the time. I mean, why else are we here? Mm-hmm. So, um, so we started the school program, which ran for for ten years, and we made about ten thousand dollars and saw about seven thousand children. Wow! Um, and it's the children that's the, money, the important the, thing. The, well, yeah, the, the money is good. The, the, the children, seven thousand children—that's a lot of children. It's a lot of children. So, Department of Conservation invited me along to go and speak on one of their um, Sea Week. Um, tours. So we did like, oh, I don't know how many schools, I think it was about 15 schools in three days and just went around and talked to everybody about what we did, what we did during the oil spill, why it's important, mm. what's facing wildlife and stuff. So it was it was super cool. And then with the development of the recovery centre, it was just a natural extension to then move it down there. So yeah, it's yeah. changed and evolved and stuff, but it was something that I just am so proud of. Um, and I love passing, I now have two small children who can hold a kiwi like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Which is a, a rare opportunity. I know, right? My children are so spoiled. Like feed, <laughs> feed penguins, hold on to a baby kiwi. Yeah, come on, help mum. <laughs> Do they get to the chance to hold on to more pork? Because when I googled your name, uh, uh, it came up, I think it was the Herald article oh, yes. about the, the more pork getting the spa treatment at Wellbase. Oh, yes. And it, pardon my language, it looked Pissed off. I know, right? <laughs> but know. you were quoted as so saying good. that. I mean, they weigh next to nothing, but they, they strut yeah. around like they weigh oh, as yeah. much as an elephant. 100%. They're like, I am 600 kilos and I will kill you. And you're like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> got you. <ya." laughs> yeah, when you see a wet more pork, I don't think there's anything more funny. In I know, right? Planet. Man, that post went so viral. Yeah. That went around the world. The dodo keeps doing it again and again. Yeah. Millions of people saw that. It was hilarious. So, so you've had you've had stuff featured on the dodo? Because, I mean, if, if anyone's got a 
Facebook page, they'll know this stuff crops up, and it's just like the most cute success stories yeah, for all yeah. animals all yeah. over the planet. Yeah, I think they're on round three with the with the soggy mopo now. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned the Rena, uh, which is new, I think one of, if not the biggest oil disaster in New it's, Zealand. It's our largest one. Yeah, yeah um, sure. at the Astrolab Reef uh, near Tauranga. And you were quite quite involved in that, not just like as a volunteer scooping up no, oil, oil so, animals. So Wildbase has a contract with Maritime New Zealand to, to respond in an oil spill. So we would go and run the, um, the animal side of that. And that's not just the get the oiled bird in but it's it's all the way from the top all the way through so making sure that the wildlife response is is coordinated um so for during that um i was the 2ic for our facility so we had about 150 volunteers uh, coming in and helping us we had um about four or five hundred birds over the course of that time wow. I and mean, it was a massive Massive thing. That was only a small part of it. Too. Well, exactly. Mm. I mean, I mean, d- do we know what the toll was of that with regards to uh, marine life or at least the bird life? Because you wouldn't have gotten them all. No, you certainly wouldn't. Especially because a lot of them are pelagic seabirds. They spend most of their time out on the ocean. Right. Yeah. So and. Those birds are so light, like they can. Like an albatross looks really big, right? But really, if you take away all the feathers, mm. there's not much to them. No. Um, so once they get oiled, it's very hard for them to stay afloat, um, and also it's very hard for them to then fly anywhere, do anything. So mm. a lot of them would have died out at sea, and we would never know about them. Do we? I mean, I, I know this is not your your wheelhouse necessarily, but is there still uh, after effects from Rena? Are there still issues along that coastline? We're still monitoring the the reef itself. And I feel like I saw something not so long ago that was quite positive, and that was the first time I think I'd read anything positive about mm. how the reef was doing. But you, you're going to have to not quote me on that one because mm. <laughs> I'm not a hundred. But and and I, 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 you, we hear stories of like artificial reefs being built in areas of the world to encourage wildlife. One wonders if the wreckage might be forming some of you know additional reef work, but that's pure speculation. On my <laughs> pure speculation. Forward. I can add nothing to it. Splend, splendid. Um, so you've been involved uh, with Wild Base, but you've moved into the teaching school. Uh, well, the, the companion animal hospital. So as moved the, across the hallway. Yeah, oh, right. That <laughs> Far. That far, I know. Took well, me ages. Actually, sometimes that's worse. <laughs> I know, right? Because I'll just get that later I'll instead just, of just get it all at once I'll and just move. Just have a wee look at that. Yeah. Um, companion animals. Uh, is that a fancy name for pets, or yes. are we talking guide dogs and no, no just no, so just you, a fancy name for cats, dogs, rabbits, all sorts. So what? what why the shift? Because this is this is out of your wheelhouse now, isn't it? This, yeah, it is. Yeah. So I'm also I'm not a trained trained nurse. I'm not a I'm not a vet or anything like that. Uh, just a crazy person. Person across the hall, yeah, (laughs) I literally can wash a mopok. No, I mean I've worked in and around the animal environment since I was since I was thirteen, and as I've moved on, this was a personal move. uh, I mean, moving away from my passion of Mm. wildlife and on um, in contact with animals and stuff. Um, But I'm also really passionate about people um, and how they, um, what service they have provided, Mm -hmm. but also our staff as well, and. Gosh, I mean, we've got such a fantastic group of people. It's been, uh, it's been really fun so far. You know, um, one imagines though that you will not stay away from the marine and seabird no. side of things. Correct. Uh, you know, if if there was another. Rena, God forbid, you know, are, yeah, are you the sort of person that, that they go, oh, she's the one that's got experience with this, we'll bring her back in? Will you be on like reserve for things? Like I mean, that? I'd be rude not to. Hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> but there's no formal arrangement there, you know. No, there's no formal arrangement, no. And um, and so for a lot of the people that are involved in that, they would have to, you know, leave their jobs and go and do that. So mm. it, it has to be uh, something that you um, have an understanding with with your yeah. with your current employer. So you're paying more, at, ironically, at a vet school, paying more attention to the humans now. Yeah, yeah, the two-legged creatures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but, more trouble than the four-legged creatures. Well, exactly. I mean, humans are more complex in their personality and attitude, certainly. But, man, I tell you, they do some awesome stuff up there. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. And I do still have my, you know, my heart and my wildlife areas and stuff as well. So I've got some, um, some summer summer research scholarships that I'm helping supervise and mm. we've just finished with a master's student who did our fitness in Kiradu, for example. Um, so I still have my, my fingers in some of the wildlife pies as well to keep my soul happy, but my management stuff is, is yeah, it's kind of where I'm going to next, I guess. Uh, any plans to study and sort of formalise the knowledge that you've built up over the years? Uh, I think about it every once in a while. I think, oh, do I need the? Do I need to do it, or am I doing mm. all right? And at the moment, I'm I'm doing all right. I I always constantly learn. Um, there's so many courses and stuff that we can do, mm-hmm. and Massey's great because it has a lot of CPD options, and you can you can study. I did do some study while I was at Wild Base. Mm-hmm. Um, but no aspirations in, to have doctor or professor or, no, okay. or, or, or letters at the other. No. I'll let the I'll let the real peoples do that, and I'll just help them get their job done. I reckon. So, any plan? Because I mean, the, the the veterinary school itself is huge, and and mm. you know you've got the agricultural components mm. to it, you've got the wild based component mm-hmm. to it. Now you're in the companion animal sp- yeah. space. Um, th- there's there's so many areas to explore. Is, have you got any aspirations? You know, is there anything you want to do with the companion animal space, or one day return and do something different in wild base? Or yeah, I um. I would like to get good at this job for a little while, and uh, I don't tend to think too long term. I think I'm one of those lucky people who I've never given a lot of um, thought to like where I want to be in several years. I would like to return eventually back to wildlife stuff, and in what capacity, I don't know. But the next thing for me is to is to consolidate and learn a lot more in the management field, mm-hmm. and then you know then. Who knows what things I might be able to achieve? I mean, Massey is pretty much the place you go to if you want to be a vet in New Zealand. Yeah, it's the only place. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, that, I mean, there's a certain responsibility and perhaps a bit of pressure on your part to provide the the best space to be a, a vet for companion animals. Are you feeling that pressure or is Massey quite good at managing that? No, I, I feel the responsibility. I think it's part of all of our responsibility because we are – we are growing the vets of the future, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's really important that we provide an environment where we're role modelling the right kind of stuff. Um, and I, there's always scope for us to grow and move and change and things like that. And I took on this role because I wanted to be a part of that, mm-hmm. and um, and it's pretty exciting because we are the only place. So it's a big responsibility. I there feel is, it. There is. And, and there's all, I mean, people get involved in this because they love animals. Yeah. And yeah, do. I, I don't know how much of your work might be involved with, for example, SPCA or those situations where you find animals that have been yep. mistreated or not cared for properly. But that, that can. That can that can mess with your mind more than perhaps if you see a, a person that has you know, yeah. copped one at the face because yeah. you know d- d- 
could, arguably could have been your fault. We don't know. But <laughs> with the animal, it's very, well, it's almost never the animal's fault. And yet no, you have to contend with that. That must be hard. I like, yeah, I like helping the people who help the animals. Mm-hmm. The, um, and, and similar to wildlife too, we all have a responsibility to look after these creatures, especially when we put them in situations that may put them in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, um, Oh, I just completely lost my train of thought there. Is there is there any uh, need for the, the, the vets that are training, even vets that are in practice now, mm. is there any need for them to have a support structure if they come across these difficult situations? Because doctors have them. Doctors do have them, and we have them too. And um, the veterinary profession now has the highest suicide rate of any profession. What? Yeah. Of any profession? Yeah, it used to be dentists, I'm pretty sure, but now it's, now it's the veterinary professionals. And... <sighs> Um, and that's a sad thing. And well, it's a hell of a statistic to pull out on a, a happy interview. I know, on a sorry. <laughs> but I don't um, – this was something we were talking about um, a few weeks ago and that um, we've really noticed an attitude change, for example, in a lot of our clients mm-hmm. over the years. And um, and we think it stems from and, – and not in a positive way, unfortunately. And um, we think it might stem from – I mean, everyone's going through so much, mm-hmm. right? And it's been really hard the last couple of years on everybody for different reasons. And then uh, from our side, it's been really difficult too because we have been in situations where we can't just open the doors and help everyone do everything mm-hmm. because we have to maintain our distances and keep our staff you know, safe and, and all that kind of stuff. And I tell you, animal people really suck at saying no. Mm-hmm. You know, every, every, No one's going to present an animal to you and you're going to go, no. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, yeah that's, that's it, very true. Yeah, and it's just been um, for us in the veterinary profession – it's been really, really hard as well. And then when you've got the additional pressures of of um, of the clients who are not not always in a good space as well, it can be really hard. So it can, we absolutely it, need support. And it yeah. can be really uh, expensive to treat an animal. And animals don't benefit from an ACC arrangement like humans do. No. That that must take a toll on owners as well, which then puts mm. stress on the vet because people are absolutely. making really difficult. Choices based on just how much money they've got in the bank. Yeah, it is. And that's just, um, I mean, I think the pet insurance business these days, Mm. which has really come off, is a really good thing because we actually take these animals into our lives and until something goes wrong, we kind of take it for granted, I Mm. think. So I think that's a really smart move. But um, the veterinary profession, I mean, yeah, we do really cool stuff and it's not not cheap and it's not free. Um, And... Cost does come into it. It's not like I say you rock up into the hospital and you'll get stuff done for free. Do people drop off animals at the companion animal hospital and like abandon them there or is, is that generally reserved for SPCA now? It's generally reserved for the SPCA. I haven't heard of that happening for us. That's good. Luckily. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I think it was a, quite a common practice in the UK before I left. If people yeah. found an animal, they'd just take it to a vet and, and just say, see ya. Bye. Yeah. Your, your problem now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very good. Um, so you're, you've just moved to the, the Companion Animal Hospital. You're getting to grips with that. Is the, is the practice manager space the, the, the space for the next wee while? Is that is that where you're going to focus? That's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. I'm having such a good time. Yeah, cool. it's great. Mm. Marvellous. Well, we are pretty much out of time on the catch-up this morning. Pauline Nyman, uh, the practice manager Nailed for the, thank you, com- <laughs> uh, practice manager for the Companion Animal Hospital at Massey uh, Massey School of Veterinary Science. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. And if remember, if you want 
to listen to this or previous editions of the Catch Up series, just head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch up. Also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your online listening. Join us tomorrow. We'll be speaking to Jimmy Ellingham, uh, the Manawatu regional reporter for RNZ. On Thursday, we're speaking to Deputy Mayor of Palmerston North City Council, Alicia Rutherford. And as usual, for a Friday, uh, MP for Rangitiki, Ian McKelvey, will join us. All of those at half past eight in the morning. Do join us on NPR, triple nine AM, NPR.nz, all the rest of it. We'll speak to you tomorrow at half past eight. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.